Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science. With beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Um, I hope people don't think we are being disrespectful releasing an episode during the official period of National Mourning. Um, in a way, it fe- feels that some people think you shouldn't be doing anything other than mourning. Mm, it'd be difficult, though. It's hard to fill every hour of the day with mourning, and I yeah. say that as somebody who's had grief involving close personal family members. Um, you know, other things do draw the eye from time to time. And I, and I hope that's what we're doing here. I hope the podcast provides that for people. Uh, create a um, craving, a little bit of routine mm. or nor normalcy, normality. Yeah. Um, so obviously, it's an extremely strange time. They cancelled Naked Attraction. Oh, did they? Yeah, it was the night of, so I kind of get that. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I, do, I do get it, but but at the same time, I don't. Right. I think I get it. But at the same time, I don't. Yeah, this is this is what I mean. So I think Channel 4 would seem disrespectful to show Naked Attraction. Mm. But at the same time, for for people who perhaps are less affected by the, the grief and the mourning than others, mm. is there a reason they shouldn't be able to watch the thing they usually watch? Well, really, the I don't know. Is... I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what. I, I don't know, know that. Mm. I, I feel like um, with a lot of these things, I can see how they got there. Mm. With with some of this, I can't quite see how they got there. But it all feels like erring on the side of caution and, and respect. Yeah, which of course is is no bad thing. Um, if it had been me, I think I would have kept Naked Attraction on, but used CGI to put black armbands on them. <laughs> No? But I suppose they start with the legs and then go up, so it'd be a while until you saw that, so maybe it wouldn't... I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Yeah. I haven't thought it through. No. It was just occurring to me in the second. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always thought... Um, because I, I in a, a, a long and unimpressive career, have been on the radio um, at times where significant things have happened i've been working in radio mm. and think about the, the death of um diana or the 11th of te- september and I, I guess i always imagined that i would be working on radio when when the time mm. eventually came yeah um and and then i'd be placed on compulsory two weeks paid leave like i always was in those yeah. other situations yeah yeah so bit of a yeah i mean mm. no no paid leave for me no um, but um, I'm trying to be like I'm genuinely want to be like I, f- I feel like I've grown up a lot since then. Mm-mm-mm. Um, like I think everybody's reaction to it is personal, and what you don't need when something like this has happened is, is me wandering into the middle of it, like ma- making whatever remarks I might make unbidden. And I, I just want to point out I have I have felt sad. Mm. I have this. This I've felt sad um, when I heard the news and with some of the coverage. And when you think about it, there's definite sadness. And I've been trying to think why that is. Yeah. Have you Have you got any theories? Oh, why I felt sad? Yeah. I think it's just too much change. Yes. 
It's just too much. Yeah, On top of everything right. else, it's too right. much change. I think you're right. So I think it's when when somebody dies that you don't know but has been a constant in your life, even if it isn't somebody that so so that there are like when a beetle dies, mm. it's deeply sad to me because I've got such a personal connection to it. But when um I don't know, a newsreader dies. I don't necessarily feel the same way, but I feel a bit sad. Mm-hmm. And that's not somebody that I've invested a lot of time in thinking about and thinking about their work and reading about them in the way that it would be with one of the Beatles, like when George Harrison died. Um, and the, the Queen probably sits somewhere in between the two because we've all thought about the Queen um, quite a lot. And what I've come to is we, even, even we have seen more change in our lifetimes than pretty much any generation that's ever lived on planet Earth. I, I think you're probably right, yeah. yeah. And I think then if you extend that to, say, somebody your parents' age, that's definitely true. Yeah. If you think what, And so then if you think what life was like when Elizabeth ascended to the throne and what it's like now, mm. it's like history went into fast-forward mode or... or Mad mode, yeah. Season finale mode, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you think about these these things that we're so used to, the phone I'm holding my phone, just that, which has really been the last ten or fifteen years. Um, I'm not just talking about being able to take a phone around with you. I'm, I'm t- talking about having the world in your pocket and all the stuff mm. that that that's inconceivable. Mm. Um, no, no, I don't think anything has developed so fast for so many people in any other 10-year period. And there's been loads of stuff like that in the last 70 years. And I think for one person to have been a constant (laughs) on the stamps and on the money and on television every Christmas day throughout it all. Oh, God, yeah. And and also for that person... And and this is is what I think... You know, I don't know much about the Queen and, um, you know, I have mixed feelings about monarchy and I've, I've read some really interesting stuff over the past few days mm. um but i've mixed feelings about monarchy to, uh, generally but i think the thing that she was brilliant at was commitment to absolute neutrality mm-hmm. so there, w- there was a sense of duty to her so when she became queen, it was really important to her that she wasn't somebody who had opinions or waded into things. And she was the embodiment of that impartial constitutional constitutional monarch. And then because of that, I think it made her into a Rorschach test in that people see whatever they want to see in her. Oh. So if, if you have... If you feel the Queen is like your granny, mm. the Queen probably isn't like your granny. Mm. Her, her life was very different. She, she was probably a different type of person. She was probably, um, I don't know who's listening, but she was probably from a very different type of background. And then because of the circumstances of her life, uh, interacted with people in a very different way to what your granny did, including members of her own family. Mm. But because she was so good... Uh, uh, this kind of blankness. And I'm not saying that in a facetious no, way. No, it's actually a great compliment. Yeah, yeah to keep because it up because time. it was really important to mm. her because she understood that's the 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 gold. I think her dad, from what I've read, was was like that. So, mm. But the gold standard of that job is is that thing, and I think there's something brilliant in that. So the the grief you're feeling is quite possibly for a version of her that you've created in your mind that wasn't that similar to who she was in in some ways but she was so good at her job she gave everybody the ability to do that mm-hmm. and sort of to look at her and and uh, and and see what they wanted to see yeah which is quite incredible and i've said before you know if you think about those every uh, every christmas day for all our lives we've sat down and watched her talk for 10 minutes and Nobody has ever said, oh, do you remember the time she said? Apart from when she used the phrase Annus Horribilis. Yeah. Um, which, again, is quite something. To 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 be seen <laughs> by that many eyeballs and for it to... And, and not just to have it forced into your eyeballs, but it to feel like a significant moment on a Christmas day that you would switch the TV on with a range of feelings about the monarchy. 
and for her to speak for that long and for us to all be able to project whatever we want onto her without really taking anything from it. I think it's extraordinary. <laughs> and I, I know that it sounds like I'm being facetious and damning with fame no, praise, but I'm, I'm, I'm really, no. really not whatever my um, whatever my kind of uh, feelings on, on monarchy more broadly are. So um, that's, I think maybe that sort of explains the grief. And, and also that constant then being gone just enforces that you've moved from one age into another, which then makes you feel about your, mm. you know, stirs up your own mortality. Yeah, yeah. As every, you know, everything's about your own mortality, really, isn't it? That's never good, no. Yeah. So, um, so, so, yeah, I, I sort of respect, like, I've, I've, over the last few years, come to have this real newfound respect for that duty, that sense of duty and commitment to neutrality, mm. whatever the other, you know, what are other criticisms of the institution. I mean, this day and age, likes. not having an opinion, no. right? like it's extraordinary. No, no yeah. absolutely, everyone's or, got an or, opinion, or not not putting your opinion out there. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 remarkable. Um, so, so my best friend from Manchester, Chris, was in town the the, the other day, and we needed somewhere to meet. He was staying in central London, so we said, "Oh, should we go and have a look?" At Buckingham Palace. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, we we met at like Green Park yeah. Tube Station on Piccadilly, which is the closest tube station, I think, to Buckingham Palace, and then decided to walk through the park. And this was what day are we on now? Tuesday. So this was Monday. Mm. Um, so a few days afterwards, and a, a day where a lot of people are at work, and there were so many people that they've put kind of crowd controlling measures in place. Right. So blocked off certain paths and they're funneling people in a certain direction. And you're looking round and, you know, at once I'm respectful of whatever emotional reaction people are having to it. And I'm looking at all these people and thinking, but, but, re- but really, really though, like this, that, that you feel the need to... And then I think, oh, I'm one of them though. Mm-mm. Like I'm not different. Hold on, are you the one that put the broccoli through the gates? <laughs> what happened? Did you just see like along with the flowers, someone just put like a bit of broccoli through? Was she known for a love of broccoli? I don't know, maybe. Was but it, it all they it was, had? It was cellophane wrapped. Oh, I would have taken the cellophane off. Oh, would you? Yeah, you you want stuff that's going to decompose, don't you? <laughs> Because somebody's going to have to now. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's going to have to fish that out. That's true. I'll tell you what, what was weird. So... So part of the reason they were doing crowd control is there were so many people going and laying flowers at the front of the palace mm. that um, it, it was too many. So that they needed to get some kind of queue system in place so people could go and do it. So we're walking through Green Park and then to get to Buckingham Palace, you cross through that park and then you're at the edge of St. James's Park and you're and the, and the mall, is, uh, the, that road is called, you cross over that and you're in front of the palace. Um, but what I noticed was a lot of people on that walk had laid flowers just in Green Park, closer to the main road of Piccadilly, which is the other, you know, it's quite away from Buckingham Palace. Mm. And what that said to me is there's a significant number of people who felt moved enough to take flowers to to lay in, in memory of the Queen, yeah. but had no patience for queuing and just thought, oh, dump them here and said, that's good enough. <laughs> that's, that's, it's great, isn't that's it? Brilliant. I want to pay my, my, yeah. I want to pay my respects. It's important to me. Oh, but if you've seen that queue, it's not that important. Do you think it's something of wanting to say you've done it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not actually taking the time to actually do it. It's so funny yeah. that they just like dump them. That's good enough. Yeah, close, close enough. enough. Yeah. <laughs> and you've seen them um, asking people not to. Yeah, make donations instead, which does make a lot of sense to me. Well, me too. And also specifically like not to leave Paddington Bears and jars oh. of marmalade. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, what? what's the... What's the so it's because you did one thing with Paddington Bear once. Yes. Was it just that one thing, which was amazing. And yes. it was recent, so it's very fresh in our memories. Yes. But I don't think that she was necessarily a huge fan. No, like either Marmalade or Paddington Bear. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know enough, but it wasn't something. I mean, maybe that's in that neutrality as well. But you certainly didn't see her wearing memorabilia. In terms of condiments, was... I know she liked HP sauce, but I'm not, I'm not sure about marmalade. <laughs> it's um, the the behaviour around it is so. I don't know. I just I just find it so so interesting. Yeah, and 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 you know, I, I some of this stuff is where I I can feel very different to. Like I'm having a very different reaction to it to some people. Like there were um on that route down to the palace, there were men selling flowers, you know, individual flowers. But they were the clothes they were in, like one step up from pajamas. 
Right. So you know that what you might put on to take, if you, if you think, oh, God, the bin man's coming. Right, right. I haven't put the bin bags out, but I can't go outside of my underpants. A bit like what you might wear in prison. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what these men were wearing, like yeah. very baggy shorts. <laughs> I know, I can picture it. Yeah. I can picture it. I just it think you could make a lot more money if you dressed up as a footman <laughs> or something. No, but you could. <laughs> no, no, but the point is that's slightly in poor taste. No, but they're, they're, them being there is in poor taste, isn't it? Well, These aren't people money. who are there because they care. No. These are people who put no effort into what they wear, got no. the cheapest flowers they can, put them no. in a bucket and got and stood there. And all I'm saying is make a bit of effort yeah. to join in with the But yeah, there's a lot of pageantry going on at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Make a bit of effort to join in with the pageantry. Um, and then, you know, the the, the kind of line between the, the the respect and the the mourning and the grief and then when it can just feel like a very strange system to be living under you've seen all the advertising recordings have just changed to pictures of the queen oh have they so if you look at a bus stop where there's usually oh. an advert oh yeah it's you know um her queen and the, and the dates oh, okay and that's true of small ads like that and, and big ones like huge billboards oh really and that feels i don't know that that feels like a a little bit um north korea Mm. do you know what i'm just seeing it ever but maybe that's just my my reaction to it um and that but but then even weirder than that is i've noticed as i've been walking around central london so many shops not all but i'd say most have got a framed portrait of the queen in the window Mm-hmm. Um, with a, you know a somber condolence message, yeah, yeah. and I'm talking about anything from a huge chain like Argos to a little cheesemongers. And what I'm really fascinated by is did did they have them in advance ready to go? The picture in the frame, yes. So it was an actual physical picture in a frame. Yes, you're seeing a lot. Of. Yeah. Mm. So not like the advertising hoardings where a computer's just beaming it onto the side yeah. of things. So if you've got a framed picture of the Queen, yes. one of two things has happened. Either there's a there's a safe, <laughs> like an, in, in case of emergency break glass. Yeah, when they had it ready. Yeah. Or somebody on hearing the news was like, oh, we better get to pronto print then. And the framers. And the framers, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've not checked that they've been professionally framed. I mean, some of them, they might have just got an Ikea frame and put it in. Well, still, they've well, still got a frame. But that's yeah, a, yeah. So, so when we worked in radio, there was something called the Obit box, mm. which was, there was a light when I first started. If this light started flashing, it meant something was going down and you were to get the box out and the box had the instructions on what to do. Did it ever flash while you were working in radio? No, they no. did some rehearsals of it. Never. Weirdly, I did a rehearsal about not long before Prince Philip died, at like a, an as live rehearsal oh, of what would happen. Yeah, I remember you and I got really nervous doing it. Did you? Because it was so realistic and I had producers in my ears. Um, and, and you get swept up in the the adrenaline oh, right. of it all, but you know that that's kind of like a big um, broadcasting network in smaller radio stations or most radio stations. It was just like a box file, mm, mm. and in there would be some CDs of somber music. Yeah. So you'd go from um, playing like "Have a Nice Day" by the Stereophonics to playing one of the slower Stereophonics songs. <laughs> <laughs> that one about the trees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That one's quite fast, isn't it? Oh, do you it? think so? Yeah. What a slow one. Handbags and glad bags. <laughs> like how well they did. Maybe that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. And, and then because they'd be so worried about the music being inappropriate lyrically, but also it'd have to be somber, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it'd tell you exactly what to say and then to come on every 15 minutes of, uh, after two days and say, you know, it's with great sadness. That way. And it's written... And I understand why a radio station would have a box like that. But isn't it quite mad to think that every branch of Argos has got one? <laughs> I just don't believe they do. Well, I'd love to know. I know. I would I'd love, love to know. know. And um, I hope this isn't coming up across as disrespectful. No, I'm just... It's like the logistics of it yes, are fascinating yes, to me. Yes. So does, has it just been a thing for many years that shops have had businesses have portraits of the Queen, yes. somber portraits of the Queen, um, Ready to ready to go in the event of her death. I'm thinking now that I went into an M and S at the weekend, and they had a big blown up picture of her on like like properly mounted on a special board. Like, yeah, was that in storage waiting? Yeah. Like, well, how did or did they rush them round to all the stores? No, they must. It must have been. You're right. I really want to know about this. Yes. Yeah, so if anybody can enlighten us on that, I'd be very interested to know. Um, it's hello at adriftpodcast.com. 
How are you doing with just hearing the word king? It's so strange, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it's weird. It makes me feel old. Like it makes me feel like my parents' generation because they had a king. <laughs> I remember money when I was a kid. Sometimes would have the king, like an old king, on it. Are you sure? Yes. I thought the queen was the first one to be on money. No, I'm pretty. Okay, sure. okay. I'm pretty now. Now that you've said that, I'm doubting myself. But also, I suppose like. I was born after decimalisation. Well, decimalisation happened when I was. Was I born after decimalisation? When was that? Like nineteen seventy, probably. Right, <laughs> but I seem to remember there being old money with oh. kings' heads on it. Okay. Oh, maybe on coins. Maybe on no, coins. Well, I'm thinking that. I'm not thinking yeah. notes. I'm not oh, thinking notes. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yes, that's all. Oh, do you remember that? Wow. Yeah, you're a bit older than me, though. Just a little bit. Yeah, quite a bit. Um, paid more attention to coins, <laughs> perhaps than you did. Did more brass rubbings. <laughs> Than, than when you were a kid. Maybe. Um, and then, like, it's really weird that I met Prince Charles that time. Now, So it's always just been, like, a funny thing that I met Prince Charles one time. Oh, you met the king? Yes, but oh now God. I've met the king. And, oh, <laughs> well, yes. Exactly. Yes. So why is it any different? But it just say, oh, oh I met a king. Yeah, I want to, like, because, no, because your grandchildren will be like, did you ever meet the king? And you'll be like, yes, I did. I mean, he wasn't king at the time. Doesn't matter. They don't need to know that. They don't need to know that. I wish I could remember. It was even after I stopped drinking, and I can't. I can remember the. I can remember what happened and why I met him and in what context. Mm. But I ended up talking to him, and I, I've got no idea what either of us said. <laughs> can you not remember? I can't remember a thing about it. I've got genuinely that memory is gone. Oh. So all I remember about it was um, my mum was a huge fan of Prince Charles, mm. in the way that other people's mums are fans of Cliff Richards. You know, she she idolised him. The only time I ever saw my mum drunk, um, she said, "Our oh, Jeffrey, you know, I love your dad, but if Prince Charles, if anything happened to him, and Prince Charles wanted to marry him, so my mum oh, loved him. Yeah. She really loved him, and she loved Camilla. Didn't have a kind word at all to say about Diana. She was mm. so happy when they got together. She loved him so much that my son, who is six, I picked him up from school, you know, the day the news broke, and I said, Jean, um, I, th- I think there's some sad news. I think I think the Queen has already." Um, died or will die today and he went yay that means Nanny's favourite gets to become king that was his reaction so that's how present that was in our family that how much she loved him Um, and and I took him took my mum I was lucky enough to be invited to a polo match by one of the sponsors at his estate in Highgrove which isn't something I'd normally go to but (laughs) really? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not saying yes to. Uh, um, I mean, not that I'm being invited with any regularity, but mm. I think had it not been for the fact that, oh, hang on a minute, can I bring my mum? Uh, yeah, so yeah. I took my mum and and we watched polo, and then afterwards, one of the people who'd arranged for us to be there said, "Oh, do you want to meet the prince?" So we go over and we're, we're introduced, and at that moment, my mum turns into like a, a quivering, like a teenage girl. She can't get words out of her mouth, mm. which I'm sure if you're um, the erstwhile Prince Charles, now King Charles, you, you're used to people having that reaction. Mm, mm. But instead of just letting him do his princely thing, I, I, I jumped in and started babbling to try and... Um, like the idea of me easing a social tension... It's, that's never the answer to anything. Why I thought that was the answer, but but I I ended up like and I remember I babbled a lot to try and cover up the fact that my mum was too nervous to say anything. But I can't remember oh. what I took. Isn't that nuts? You need to go to some kind of regression therapy and like try and claw back those memories. Is that a thing? But you get hypnotized. Yes, I need to know what you said to him. I know. Oh, another way would be if there are any recordings of like the the day after it happened on the radio. I probably talked about it incessantly. Oh yes, but yes. I don't know that the recordings oh, go that far no. back. Anyway, that's um, that's nuts, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, don't really know how to get out of this bit. I mean, just say R.I.P. I know, but I, I want to make sure it feels respectful and not just that I'm using it as a cheap device oh. to get out of this bit. Oh, yeah. But, Can you um, edit me saying that out then? No, no, leaving that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so uh, I, I suppose just to bring it back to where we started, yeah. um, I hope people understand that we're, we're doing the podcast this week and it's not yeah. disrespectful. And that, no. you know, even in talking about it, I'm just trying to like make sense of very strange times and and not be disrespectful yeah i mean there are people that i come in i'd be happy to do some disrespectful stuff oh, about many the duke of york for example um, but 
mean, I don't have anything ready to go. No, no. But, but anyway, um, so yeah, so 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 here we are, and um, strange days, strange days indeed, isn't it? Most peculiar, Mama. And um, you know, as, as you said, the the you know the only correct response is R.I.P. Well, Annabelle. Yes. Shall we hear from the drifters? Let's. So I've got a couple of the looking like an amateur. And then I'm going to finish with, do you remember last week we teased forward to a Meek Rebellion story? Yes. I'm going to finish with that. Okay. First one's from Colin Anderton. The thing that I think makes me look like an amateur but shouldn't is when I try and get some crisps or chocolate out of a snack machine and it doesn't fall out. I'm sure it happens to everyone, but I get an overwhelming sense of shame and failure. We also don't have the confidence in my upper body strength to be able to rock in the machine without either not shifting it or it falling on me. So I always pay again and go off with two items. I'd like to see some stats. I'd like to send some kids on a geography field trip to monitor people using those machines and work out if it happens with more frequency to people like me and Colin. Oh. Because... I do kind of have the sense that it's just it's just typical of the thing that would happen to me, but that makes no sense. It makes no sense, no. But like the machine doesn't see me coming. I'd like to see who would uh, be brave enough to give it the the tip, the trying the tip. Yeah, because there's oh, a good yeah. chance you can look very stupid because you went with a budget. Very high chance. Yeah. Okay, this one's from Sally. I'm sure she starts by saying, I thought I'd include this. She starts by saying, I'm sure I should introduce myself as High Priestess Sally or similar, but despite having listened to the podcast for several years now, I've never been able to figure out why people do this. Sorry, I'm an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> Sally, it's about Patreon. Yes. And actually, um, maybe we'll save it for next week mm. because, well, I say maybe we'll save it for next Let's. week. We, have, we, we will definitely will yes. save it for next week. But we've got some um, news about that, that. Yes, yes. I think it's quite interesting. But these are their patron titles yes. that, you're, that you're awarded. So that, that explains that to you, yes. Sally. Okay, she goes on. There are two things in particular I have never been able to master. One, petrol stations. Filling the car with petrol makes me really anxious. Will I remember which side the fuel tank is? Will the hose be long enough? Will the dispenser stop at the right time? Will I lock the cap correctly? There were already many things that made me feel like an amateur, but two events in the last few years have exasperated my anxiety. One, when I was driving a courtesy car, a model I wasn't used to. I was with my best mate, a particularly intelligent, capable and confident individual, and we were about to head to the motorway. I looked at the fuel gauge and couldn't tell if it was shown that the tank was almost full or almost empty. Being of the better on the safe side story, being the better safe than sorry persuasion, I ducked into the petrol station, only to end up paying around £3 to top up a tank, which it turns out was almost full. The look the cashier gave me said it all. <laughs> on the, I should add that I'm feeling very sympathetic to you towards you because on the way here, even though I've had this car for five years, I couldn't work out why I couldn't turn the indicators off. And it turned out I was turning the windscreen wipers on or off. I'd got the size <laughs> wrong. And this is the car I know very well. So I think the courtesy car, that's fine. The second she goes... I'll tell you, can I just say the fact that I always enjoy telling people, even though I don't drive... Yeah, yeah. ...is on your fuel gauge in your car, mm. you've got the little picture of a petrol pump. Yeah. There's an arrow pointing to it. Yeah. And that arrow is the side of the car that your <gasps> um, finger's on. No. Yeah. What, in every car? Yes. I can't wait to go home. I don't know if that's true of like a car from 1952, but certainly in every modern car, you look at that little thing, there's an arrow no. next to it. You How pick... do you know this? Somebody once told me. That's amazing. And obviously I don't drive. Uh, Sarah does drive, but we don't have a car. And if we ever get a, um, a hire car, she's too nervous to like put in the petrol herself, so I do oh, it. It's very relatable. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I feel out of my depth, but at the same yeah, time, yeah. I do feel like oddly capable while I'm doing it. And I always enjoy just leaning over and going, oh, yeah, it's on that side then. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I mean, everything Sally has said so far, I... I She's describing you. Me, entirely. Uh, on the second occasion, she says, I was with my mum. I'd selected pay at pump and was wondering why nothing was happening. When all of a sudden, a voice boomed out over the four-court tannoy, informing me that I wouldn't be able to dispense any petrol until I first inserted and verified my payment card. 
the announcer made extra sure oh. that everyone knew exactly oh. which idiot could have worked the payment <laughs> system by somewhat gleefully repeating the number of the pump that I was stood next to. I guess the reason I didn't know how to do the whole pay at the pump thing is because I'd managed to avoid going to the petrol station for about a year beforehand, thanks my, mostly to my very understanding partner for enabling my avoidance strategy. Okay, this is our second one. I also hate all the different types of petrol. Oh, God, I know. Like, why can't it just be petrol and diesel and, and what? Um, or, or any, you this know. This is like super pretty. Like, there's all these weird titles. No, and then they've got a year next to it. Some of this is 98. That seems like a long time ago. <laughs> I used to see 98 and think, oh, that's the modern one. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, going swimming, she says. I try to swim twice a week and have generally used swimming as my main exercise for most of my adult life. You therefore might assume I'd have an expertly honed routine, if only this were the case. I still find myself to be the most inefficient pool goer. Not the (laughs) swimming part, but the bits either side. I can guarantee that if I arrive at the pool at the exact same moment as another swimmer, they will be changed in the pool and completing their fourth length while I'm still faffing about at my locker. The second one I've tried because the first will have a dodgy lock, broken key, missing coat hook. Then I realise I do actually need a wee before I get into the pool, even though I've been to the loo minutes before leaving the house. That done, I proceed to the poolside showers and realise that I've left my goggles in the locker. Likewise, after my swim, it always seems to take me twice as long to get changed again. One of the added miseries of this is I have to endure the, pl- the change room music for even longer. Why do they insist on playing banging house music at 7.30am? Usually I'll be daydreaming in the shower, maybe eavesdropping on the odd change room conversation before the sound of the person in the next shower cubicle snorting and or cleaning their nasal passage brings me back to grim reality then it's guaranteed that the locker I need to get my clothes from is right next to the one that the only other person in the shower area is using. So I have to wait there, clutching my dripping stuff and hoping my towel doesn't fall down. I don't actually think this is me being an amateur. It just seems to be a rule of the swimming pool. If two random people need access to a locker at the same time, these two lockers will always be right next to each other. Then comes the juggle of trying to carry everything to the changing cubicle without dropping anything on the wet changing room floor. Once I found a cubicle that doesn't have a wet seat, usually the second or third try, I never seem to be able to get myself quite dry. (laughs) When I finally put my clothes on, I face the internal debate of whether to break the rules and put my shoes on, on in the cubicle quicker or dry my feet, walk to the bench by doors with bare feet, dry feet again before putting socks and shoes on slower. Obviously, as a drifter, I'm not programmed to break the rules, so have to go for the second option. I notice that most other swimmers brazenly walk around the changing room in their shoes, transferring dirt to the poolside area completely against the rules. So there are my entries for amateur hour. (laughs) Hearing that other drifters also struggle with these activities would be reassuring. In my case, it really does seem that practice doesn't make perfect. Oh, I mean, I completely relate to that. Yeah. As I was listening to it, I was realising a few things. One is I don't mind being wet and I don't mean by my, and I like being dry, but I really hate in between. Oh, the worst, yeah. I, I really hate that period after I've dried myself. We don't like being really dry. No, because do you not think like, so say you'd had a bath and then you dry yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not as dry as you were before your bath. Yeah, there's a, there's a moistness to yes, the skin. Oh, you don't that. like that hate feeling. Hate it, hate it. Oh. Yeah. And then I was so like, when you put your trousers on, they sort of slightly stick to oh, you. Oh, hate it. Yes, yeah. I do know what you mean. Yeah. Okay, okay. And then I was just thinking about goggles <laughs> yeah. and about <laughs> how I don't think of goggles as something that people put on to protect their eyes and make swimming um more efficient, enjoyable, whatever it is. I think of them as something that people put on so they can have a look under the water. What, like in a pervy way? No, not even in a pervy oh. way. <laughs> because I think the first time I ever tried goggles on, oh. I was like, oh, I can see what's under the water. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if I see somebody with goggles, yeah. I don't think they're <laughs> swimming in a non-amateur way. I think, oh, oh that's babyish. Want to have a look at what <laughs> have a look at what it looks like under the water. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, okay right yeah. let's finish with the meek rebellion from rosie so she oh, wrote yes. in last week she had a quandary about her office toilets and about whether to let someone know if there was yes. no toilet paper in the, yes. in the cubicle next to her she says these toilets also prompted an instant of meek rebellion i've attached a photo of a laminated sign that was stuck to the wall above the sanitary bin These signs and their awful little poem filled me with rage as I couldn't stand the patronising, shaming language as well as the baffling clip art. Okay, I'm going to read it out to you now. It's got some like terrible clip art of a woman. And then it says this. This is fairly unbelievable. 
this poem. I'm, I'm ready. <sighs> you, you could cough beforehand. <clears throat> Ladies, when it's the monthly time for you, before you leave, please check the loo. Ensure the rim and seat are cleared. Of any drips or spots or smears, keep your secret. Leave it clean so no one else will know you've been. Are you okay? <laughs> it's disgusting. It's the sort of the tweeness of it as it's, well, It's isn't horrendous. It? And it's the keep your secret, like it's a dirty little secret. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty women, secretive things going on in your body. Oh, oh it's so, bad. so horrible. She goes on. The thought of someone composing, typing, formatting, printing and laminating these signs for an office of adult women was too much to bear. Therefore, after waiting enough time since joining the office as to not arouse suspicion, and when I was certain there was no one approaching, I threw them all in the bin and covered them with paper towels. The adrenaline was almost too much. It's so wrong-headed. Mm. Like, I, I'm always um, disheartened by the circumstance, the presumed circumstances that have led to somebody putting up any kind of sign. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but all that sign needs to say is, please leave the, please leave in the, in the condition that you found it. That that would be more yeah. <laughs> more than sufficient. More than. Yeah. Oh wow, that's quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Well, if you've got a meek rebellion for us. Or a way in which you feel like an amateur. Everybody else knows what they're doing, but for you, it's amateur hour. Uh, we'd love to hear from them, as well as your uh, t- more um, more typical, for this podcast at least, mm. stories of failed social interactions. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Let's have another way in which you're not a fully functioning adult. So I found it very weird last week how sad I was that the Queen died, considering how much I've mocked the royals over the years. Yes. Like it was quite relentless, really. Total lack of respect. In fact, we got an email this week from Chris saying, if Annabelle does not mention the skip round the back of the palace to chuck the presents in this week, I will be very disappointed. <laughs> Although, to be fair, that was always much more me mocking Roy Liss rather than the royals. Yeah. Anyway, there you go, Chris. I kind of mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd hate to disappoint you. Yeah. And I think, like, the, the, I mean, the palace have fairly much come out and said that these things will be binned now. <laughs> yes, yes. They're like Ringo Starr with his re- request for autographs. Oh, yeah. It'll be tossed. Anything we receive tossed (laughs) by saying don't dump paddington bears in front of the palace they're they're saying just save us the job of putting them in the bin it was their version of that wasn't it yeah so i was i was quite surprised that i actually shed a few tears Mm. 48 hours though i have to say i kind of felt i kind of felt nothing right and i fully expect by next monday i'll just be furious that my son has already got a day off school and he's only just started (laughs) (laughs) What annoyed me, though, actually two things. Firstly, I'm slightly ashamed to admit that when we used to do the radio show, there were some days when I was struggling so much in my preparation for the show that I would send a heartfelt plea to let the Queen die that day so I could go home while they played sombre music. You never thought that. You never thought that. I was shocked when you said it, but it seems like... The, so I remember when I, was being, when I was a kid, I'd sort of like wish um, the school would catch fire when no one was in it. It was my equivalent of that. And it's the equivalent of that, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, Because I knew yeah, you'd be yeah. sent home. Yes. The other thing, and I said at the beginning of the podcast, so you know, I, I used to like getting two weeks unpaid leave because yeah, yeah. I was considered too irreverent to leave on the airwaves. So. And it's a terrible thought, but we all have these thoughts yes, deep inside yes, ourselves. Yes, yes. Yeah. The other thing that annoyed me was how I found out because in an ideal world, this is how I'd want to find out. I'd be watching live TV, and it would come up as a breaking news flash, and then there would be people around me who weren't watching, who I could tell, who I could break the news to. As it was, I was just getting my son ready for bed and I glanced at the Guardian News website and I just saw it. And the only person I could tell was my son because Tom was out. So I did tell him and he just said, oh, is she meat now? Which is disgusting and he should be arrested, really. But that's a child's reaction to the of news. Of course it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've already said my son celebrated because he thought, because Prince Charles was about to become king. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry to, um, to do this, but I... Saw saw the news of how things were progressing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On the way to 
um, like a parents' meeting where the t- t- the new teacher for this year for my yeah, son yeah, stood yeah. up and uh, said hello to all the parents. So I was able to break the news to several people. Not not ah, to, I didn't interrupt the meeting or anything. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. it was it was the thing that I had to say to people. I said, oh, oh God, weird. Seen the news? Oh wow. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, and they, nobody had apart from me. Really? Think, do you people not live on Twitter? Well, this is a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't think they do, to be <laughs> honest. But I did feel, I felt really sad and I felt really weird when I first heard. And later I heard Nicholas Witchell say on the news that many were feeling disorientated and untethered by the news. And I thought, yes. Nicholas Witchell sees me. I thought that. I thought you're speaking to me. You understand me. Then I remembered when Prince Charles called Nicholas Witchell that awful man. (laughs) And I wonder why he was still allowed to report on the royals. I'm surprised he didn't lose his job after that. But anyway, I guess he was on I think it speaks well to to a neutral constitutional monarchy. It it doesn't it? It speaks very well. My mum and dad, they found out in a very different way to me. They were eating in an Indian restaurant, which I think is what the Queen would have wanted. Do you remember that she loved Bombay mix and used to have bowls dotted around the palace? Yeah, yeah. So they were um, in an Indian restaurant when the music abruptly stopped and then the manager came over and explained that the Queen had died and they turned off the music as a mark of respect. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just background music. Oh, can I tell you about something really nuts that happened? Yeah, 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 go on. This is all part of the same thing. So um, I mentioned that my friend Chris had been down. Mm. I went for the second time because I knew how much he would love it because he's, uh, he's into... He, he works with sound and, and lighting mm. and he's really technical and he loves ABBA. So we went to the ABBA thing again on Sunday night. No, brilliant. Yeah. And I kid you not, so this was what, th- two, three days afterwards, uh, a, a spontaneous minute silence broke out before the show. Oh, really? A spontaneous one? So an announcement was made, which was like, welcome to ABBA Voyage, um, some, you know, um, uh, it's with sadness that we mark the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II in accordance with the wishes of the royal household. The show will continue, right? So I mean, that struck me as odd. Mm. That I mean, I don't know if they they took the Thursday night off, but Abba Voyage would think, oh, we best just get in touch with the palace, or was it the other way around? Did the palace contact Abba Voyage? <laughs> anyway. Um, so they say that, and then they say, uh, also, can we remind people that, um, you know, there's no filming during the show, we want to... All the other announcements that, that come off the... that, that they make yeah. before every show and yeah, them yeah. since it opened. And then when that announcement finished, people started standing up, even though they hadn't been asked to. And I thought, oh, I'd better stand up then. And, and a spontaneous minute silence broke out. And was it exactly a minute? Did someone time it? That's so interesting. Well, I don't, I don't know that they did. I mean, I'm guessing it, felt it was like a minute. A minute. It felt but, longer, who, but, but who broke it? I don't, well, yeah. yeah. Who had the nerve to break it? Like, that's enough now, yes. everyone. Yes, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, so it was really weird. I've never seen spontaneous silence break out. No. Yeah. I, don't think, I, I don't think it's ever happened before. Yeah, it was so odd. Wow. Yeah. So I was talking about all this with my parents and I remarked that I was sad because I, n- I never... Did you ever meet the Queen? No. No, me neither. And I always, I've always wanted to meet her. I've always really liked her and wanted to meet her. I always thought that, like, if you ever, like, got to be in a position, which I don't think anybody ever would, to to have a candid conversation about some of the biggest events in history from her perspective mm. and the people she met mm. like candid oh, conversation God. it'd be the best it's the best conversation ever um and also like her perception of what the world is like you know the thing people say about her smelling fresh paint oh. everywhere she goes yeah, yeah, yeah. like all that stuff's really interesting but i i, I can sometimes think People approach meeting people a bit like it's like collecting Pokemon cards or something. Like I wouldn't, I don't think any interaction I would have ever, ever had with the Queen would have been like the one I told you about earlier on with Prince Charles. I, I literally can't mm, remember. Mm, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Apart from that, it happened. Yeah, yeah. It's like when it's like I know the moon landing happens. I know I met Prince Charles, but I don't have a memory of either. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. The, you know, that's I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I was saying that I'd never got to meet the Queen and I was sad about it. My mum kept saying, but why? You've seen her on TV. What's the difference? <laughs> That's a big, a big difference. And then 
I know. She then went on to tell a story about the time she was working in an office in Germany and Princess Margaret was visiting. And my mum closed her office door so she wouldn't have to have make small talk with her <laughs> and didn't even look out of the window when she was outside. Oh, like, I love that. That lack of interest, which yeah. is incredible to me. Because I love Princess Margaret as much as I love the Queen. I loved Princess Margaret. Mm. My sister and I, I've mentioned this before, were obsessed with writing letters to the royals. And when we were little, sorry, we wrote them when we were little, these letters, and you'd get a proper reply from their servants. And my sister once wrote to Princess Margaret, advising her to give up smoking as it's bad for your health. And she got a reply telling her to mind her own business. (laughs) And actually, the weirdest thing about that is we didn't keep the letter. That's as weird as you forgetting your Prince Charles. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, That should be framed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely should. I think I could probably sell that for a lot of money i'm actually really no didn't keep that anyway it'd definitely go viral it would yeah if you had a photo oh of it. god i'm so annoyed i'd love to go viral yeah. <laughs> anyway r.i.p to that joke where you leave a note on someone's desk saying call liz with a telephone number <laughs> and you call it up and it's buckingham palace which was such a thing at one point that there was a recorded message saying if you've been given this number and asked to call liz it's a prank <laughs> such a big thing so R.I.P. to that I don't think that's been mentioned in any of the other coverage oh well I think Adrift is the only place where that aspect every aspect of her reign has been combed over over the Mm. past few days Mm. and Adrift is the only place I think where that has been mentioned that's what we're here for wow nice yeah what you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. day this was before the the news um i was in a rush to get out of the house for an appointment so i'm quite a punctual person generally speaking mm. i'm notched down from fastidiously but I'm, I'm, it's very very rare for me to be late anywhere mm-hmm. but what i am frequently is last minute and in a terrible rush so the other day I had to go to an appointment and I'd left myself the minimum amount of time to get from my house to the other side of London where this thing was and um, to to um, make the journey as fast as possible. I was doing like a, a whole range of transport options, beginning with a taxi to take me to the tube station. Mm-hmm. So I rushed downstairs at the last possible minute to put my shoes on and the cleaner's here. Mm-hmm. And I say, as I'm putting my shoes on a breezy, hello, how are you? Guess what she says? What? Oh, not good. My uh, my mum has kidney stones. Oh, no. That is, there's no way of that being less than four minutes. No. You can't bail. You can't you go, can't, oh, sorry to hear that. No. I'm in a rush, bye. No. Is it, the, so I ended up being slightly late for my appointment, mm. which I would have been exactly on time for. But is there, there's there's no way of navigating that, right? There's absolutely no way. There's nothing you can do. And I do have sympathy, and I want to hear more. Oh, I'm, you could be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, God, I'm I'm so late. But can I? No, there's nothing you can no, do. No, I'm no. trying to role play, no. and I can't so, do it. So yeah. where you're going is more important than my mum's yeah. kidney stones. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Is, you, you don't care. You think I'm just a lowly person mm. here doing the ironing. So um, it's got to be late. Even if it's to your own wedding, you'd have to be late. Th- but the answer is, don't be so last minute. If I'd been like a normal person, been downstairs five minutes before I needed to leave the house, I don't think that's what normal a people do. They got, normal people are five minutes late. <laughs> right. Don't worry about it. Because I was lurking upstairs so that I wouldn't have to make small talk. Oh, oh no, <laughs> I backfired. Um, so that was that. And then, um, have I told you that I got brand new glasses early this year? They were a tri- they were a present from my wife. She got me very nice glasses, and I went to a very good optician and got all these tests 
done on my eyes where they like take pictures of it to make sure that I've got the exact right varifocal prescription because I am of an age where I need varifocals. Mm-hmm. But my old ones weren't very good and I was doing this thing. Do you remember me doing it where I'd take my glasses off and cover one eye uh, if yeah. I ever needed to read anything yeah, up close? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Sarah, I think, thought... This this is a man in his 40s, not his 80s. I yeah. can't be coping with a husband doing this. And so I think not entirely altruistically. Mm, yeah, she yeah. she got me the, the Rolls-Royce of eye tests and some very nice glasses with very good lenses in them. However, since then, so that would have the present was Christmas, so that would have been January. Um, my right eye, which I traditionally think of, of as my good eye, has just been getting worse oh. to the extent that if I... Um, Close my good, uh, my bad eye, my left eye, and I look at that shelf behind you. Mm. I can't read any of the book titles. I can't see any of the spi- anything on any of the spines of the books. And this is a meter and a half away from me, mm, and some mm. of it's quite big print. Yeah. So I've been meaning to go back to the opticians for some time and see if I haven't got the wrong lenses or there's, there's something about the way they're sitting on my. Um, sitting on my face or something so the other day we're passing this particular opticians which isn't close to where we live and i thought i'm gonna pop in and say this to them and they say oh well, actually we can give you an appointment today i said that's fantastic it's in about two hours so i've got like two hours to kill mm. sarah goes home so kill the two hours and um i go in i do the eye tests the optician is really great she's very nice and proficient and friendly and charismatic and and all this stuff and um she's about halfway what turns out to be halfway through the examination and she says to me um can i ask you do you um do you take steroids at all <laughs> and i think oh my god she's i think she's hitting on me she thinks you're a body she, i mean she's she's out of my league mm. and i'm married mm. but like she's asking if I take roids. I mean, she must think I'm roids. She must think think I'm I'm ripped. Yeah, must do. I said, I, I don't actually. I mean, I did have a, a throat infection. I was on a short prescription of them. She said, how long? I said, oh, just a few days. She said, oh, it's it's not that. Um, well, that discounts that. It's just that. Uh, it's um, it's steroids can sometimes accelerate the growth of these cataracts. Oh, and basically, I've got cataracts. No. Yes. No. I'm 49. Do, 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 do you hear cataracts? Do you not just think that's something that... A roomy-eyed old person? Yes. No. Yes. What are they going to do? Well, I've got to go on a waiting list to have my cataracts oh removed. Oh, my God. Why are you covering your eyes? It's, it's a routine procedure. No, I don't need to have an operation. Well, you're, your awake. you're awake. You don't even stay in the hospital. Okay. You seem very distressed I am, by this. Because I'm very funny about eyes. I can't, I can't feel well, ill I'm, and thought of I'm it. I'm not distressed by the operation. I'm distressed oh. by the fact that I've got a condition that I think of as being for the elderly. Right. Like, I'm aware that I'm ageing. I, I, I don't um, run from that. But cataracts, I thought I'd be free of that until at least my 70s. It'll be the hit replacement next. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, you'll turn up next week and I'll have an ear trumpet. <laughs> cataracts. Oh, I can't believe it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's that's terrible news. I mean, maybe it does open up sponsorship opportunities for the podcast. Maybe Werther's Originals or <laughs> I mean, what other brands are associated with the elderly? <laughs> Saga oh. holidays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anybody's listening from any of those mm. uh, brands or organisations, or, or, or would would like to reach uh, people suffering from more senior conditions, <laughs> get in touch. Uh, let's have Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic. That was a bit like um, the hippo off Rainbow, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. A little bit. Not enough for it to count as an impersonation. No, no. um, Maybe. I've always said, like, when do you get to start using the old man voice? Well, now. Maybe it's now. (laughs) Now, yeah, Yeah, go for it. (laughs) All right, Quandary Corner. Lorna on a bus in Southampton writes, I had an odd start to my day today. I did the time on a gesture of putting my arm out to signal to the bus I wanted to get on. Bus stopped. Driver then proceeded to give me a telling off for not holding my arm out for long enough. He said it must remain out until he comes to a stop and started going on about people complaining that he hadn't stopped because he interpreted taking the arm down as a change of mind. What are the rules? 
I was the only person at the bus stop and no other buses were due. I also wanted to make sure my phone app was ready to scan to not hold the bus up. I have been successfully heading the bus in this manner for 40 years, apart from paying by phone app, obviously. Was I in the wrong? Has there been a new rule issued that I missed? For information, I'm not a drifter and did sarcastically thank him for said telling off, but would appreciate your advice in this matter so that genuine drifters don't get berated in the same manner. Well, I think 40 years of evidence is quite, it's, it's quite a weight of evidence, that, isn't it? I think you just have to put it out for a bit. You don't have to put it, keep it holding until you, start, you could get, you no, get your but, arm but, but, off. All I'm saying is I do think I've seen people go to put their arm out and realise it's the wrong bus and then take it uh, down again. Okay, so, so there's less a change of mind, more an yes. error. Okay, okay. I mean, let me just, I'm, I'm just going to role play it. Yeah. So I'm standing at the bus stop. I see the bus coming. I put my arm out. I'm trying to, I need to just count how many seconds I think is the minimum. So one elephant, two elephants, three elephants. I think four or five seconds it needs to be out there. I think any less than that and it looks like maybe you think, oh, I've made a mistake. Mm-mm. But then how, but actually really, we don't know what, when the distance is starting, when your seconds are counting. How close could it, does it have to be before you can safely put your arm down? Yes, that's I don't true. Think you, I don't think you should have to wait until it's right on you and about to snap your arm off. No, no, I don't either. I don't over. either because there's all these variables isn't there because when 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 do you know that the driver has seen you so it could be on him that mm. he just wasn't paying the right amount of attention but i don't mean to cast aspersions about his professionalisms i think you do it until you get some, <laughs> you get some vibe they're going to stop yes. so whenever that might be like an eye contact or a indicator, slowing down indicator pull it, you know slight adjustment of position trajectory yeah. but then this bus driver might argue that if you put it down at the indicator that could look like an error and like oh i don't know cuz I, I if it was me and i was putting my if i made a mistake i would then have to do some ridiculous pantomime mouthing of i'm sorry and like mm. holding my hands up or something the idea that people I think it's letting the wrong people wrong people make the rules. If um, somebody would just like put their arm down and not acknowledge it with eye contact and another gesture, we're thinking about this all the wrong way. You're quite right. We shouldn't be making rules for how long your arm should be up for. We should be making rules about what to do if you do it in error. Yes, and the rule is you put your arm down and you walk away. Oh, and then you're punished. Punish. Oh no, but then just you walk to the get, wall. Walk yeah. to the wall. Face the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just walk. so you don't think you can put both hands up like I'm doing now? Is this somebody who's pointing a gun at me? Go, oh sorry, that's an option. Go, oh, sorry, I prefer. I'm that, that that feels too embarrassing to me, so I'd rather just walk away and pretend it never happened. Uh huh. But you can't still just stand there looking at the bus. But driver. you wouldn't want to look like the equivalent of um, what we used to call knock and run, which has like different names in different parts <laughs> of the country. <laughs> like you were just some kind of mischief maker who's oh. flagging buses and running off. Yeah, fair enough. All right then. I'd really so so I feel quite firmly that. A few seconds from when he sees you mm. is is ample. Yeah. Or she. Um, there is a variable in knowing that they've seen you. That's an unknown variable, isn't it? You don't. You can't be sure at a distance mm. that you've that, that they've clocked you. But um, my instinct is on this that you're in the right, and it doesn't need further addressing. However. I would be open to correspondence from anybody who's worked as a bus driver. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'll tell you my big worries. If I'm ever flagging a taxi down, but I'm close to a bus stop, I worry that the taxi is going to think that I'm flagging a bus and ignore me. (laughs) It's never happened, but every (laughs) Uh, single time, uh, that's the one. mm. Anyway, that's sorted. Okay, yeah, I think so, because I don't... don't, um, Unless you were... I'd, I'd, I'd need to see this move, but I think if it was above... I want to say four seconds to be on the safe side, but above four seconds, you're fine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think it's his problem. Okay. Right, this is Rachel. She says, my now ex-boyfriend and I were in a bar having a drink. He was a massive drifter. And I'm not at all in that I'll chat to anyone, always have something to say about things, etc. How do you know what to say? She got on well with Tom. (laughs) We were at a table which was booked for 7pm. It was 6.45pm. He said we should move so the table was free for the people who'd booked it. I said, of course we'd move, but only when they arrived. They might be late, they might not show up, and we weren't going to be that long anyway. He wasn't having that and thought it was very rude and stressful for the people who'd booked and reserved the table. Wanting to respect his view, I acquiesced and moved, and we were standing by that bar talking about our different approaches to situations like that. 
He then pointed out that the best thing about this conversation is that we're having it in the shadow of the persistently empty table. It was gone 7.30pm <laughs> by then. I asked my parents what they would have done and they were in my camp. We would have, of course, graciously moved as soon as the guests arrived. So who was right? What's the etiquette? Well, I wonder if this is just along pure drift and non-drifter lines mm. because I, I'm with him. Mm. So if I go somewhere and they see say, oh, we need the table back by such and such time, or if there's one of those little things, this table book from 7 o'clock, yeah, I pride yeah. myself on vacating it because I don't want there to be, I don't want there to be a handover. It's awkward for the people turning up. Yeah. Yeah. And and the table, I don't think is in, in the right condition. I want it reset by a professional. I don't want you leaving it. Oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. You might leave a little wet ring on it. Yeah, what, what, yeah. I, I want it resetting. Mm, mm. So in a way that it looks like you haven't been there, yeah. that is at the standard of the establishment, not the arbitrary nature of the, the person who was there before. <laughs> yeah. And then it's frustrating. I think you can hover reasonably close and then reclaim it after a certain point. What's the... So say say in this instance it was seven o'clock. Oh. What about so it's we're so, we're all in agreement then I think that if you turn up at six forty five no that's that's not your table you no. can't use it till they get there yeah. it's embarrassing for them when yeah. they turn up what about six o'clock could you could you go six or six thirty and then leave it that's all right isn't it yeah but you you need to be off that table at six twenty five oh oh so you maybe need, I you, I might even err uh, towards six twenty three what's so they need like a sort of a, a thirty three minute. Oh no, sorry, I forgot what time you said seven originally. O'clock. Seven o'clock. How long do you have to leave it? Oh, I th- I think you know. Um, ideally, I'd say ten minutes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. So you could you, eat- do, you don't want to be much. This is what I'm saying. You could push it as close as five, but I'd feel quite uncomfortable with that. I- so you could have a quick drink at 6.30, for example, yeah. and be gone by yeah. 6.50. Okay. I, but, but I also think you want to put the people who work there at ease by saying... Oh, don't worry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Very much so. Good, okay. And then I think if you do then reclaim the table if somebody hasn't turned up, you need to say to the people, oh, just let you know that was booked for seven. They don't seem to have turned up. Mm-mm. Is it okay to uh, is it okay to sit back down again? I mean, you always risk losing out to somebody less polite than you are while you're asking, but... Mm, that's the problem. I think yeah. it's important. Okay. Right. Maybe all establishments should display the cutoff. Yeah, <laughs> you can. You, maybe yeah, they had a little message saying you can use this table, but it's got to be vacated by yes six forty. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm. I think we're onto something. Um, if you have a quandary, if you want to know the rules, then send us an email. It's hello at adriftpodcast dot com. <laughs> And that was our podcast. Thank you to you for listening. If, in fact, you did listen and you didn't just fast forward through to get to this bit. Yep. That would be weird. No, very. I know, but thank you. And and please do uh, send us uh, the ways in which you feel like a rank amateur in amateur hour uh, or any kind of meek revenge confrontations, social interactions gone awry. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And remember, keep your secret. Leave it clean so no one else will know you've been. Podication time from Jim Jameson. It's been a while. Yeah. It has been a while. Hello. Jim says, hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. hi. Please, could I podicate this episode to my wife, Rosie? Sorry it's short notice, but I am terribly disorganised. Uh, I don't know if you know what that's like. No, not at all. No. Um, and the short notice thing, we're, we're a little light on podications at the moment, so it's probably worked out quite well, hasn't yeah. it? Your plea last week, how did that... Got a few, okay, okay. I'd always like more. Yeah. It's our wedding anniversary this Saturday. Oh, we got married at a very similar time of year. Oh, yeah. It's my next Wednesday. How many years is it? Nine. Oh, not ten, yeah. Okay. No. Do you have to do what's, you know, Sarah is really good 
at that thing where I don't know, like it's your rubber anniversary, and then it's your polystyrene anniversary, and then it's your wool anniversary. You know, but does she I, stick to it and do the present. She does it quite well. Yeah, she? yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder what it is. Nine anniversary. I could think of some ideas for you. Let's have a look. Gifts by year. Okay. On a website I've never heard of before called eternityrose.co.uk. Mm. Hey, so that's some good search engine optimisi- yeah. optimization for them, isn't They're it? They're doing a great job. Right, here we go. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Sorry, I'm going through a whole gamut of things here. So, year nine, the modern gift, material slash theme, yeah. is leather. Oh. Now, mm. being vegetarian... Mm. I uh, don't have anything to do with leather, so it would have to be pleather for me. Yeah, that's going to be tricky for her, isn't it? However, Mm. the traditional gift material stroke theme... Oh, there's two, okay. Yes. That's weird. It's very confusing. Uh, Is it to encompass modern things like AstroTurf? (laughs) Well, it's either copper, in the brackets in the UK, pottery or willow in the United States. Willow! (laughs) Willow! I'm excited to hear what willow present you get. The traditional colour for gifts for your ninth There's anniversary. There's not a colour. Terracotta. Oh, this is ridiculous. Terracotta um, leather, actually. That's yeah, possible. and then there's a gemstone, which I've never heard of, which I'm not going to attempt to say. Lapis lazuli. Oh, I yeah. did attempt to say it, after yeah. all. Or you can substitute it for tiger eye. And then if you want modern or traditional gift ideas... Mm. You have to click here. Oh, right. I see. Links through. Buy yeah. it. That's yeah. how they're making the money. Yeah. Hmm. I was going to say we should be really doing um, this for Rosie and Jim, but it's too late now to buy a present. So yes, it yes. Well, it's not that. It's Wednesday. The anniversary is on Saturday. Oh, I'm sure Jim would have sorted it out by now. Well, maybe, by his own admission. Maybe this is it. It's our wedding anniversary this Saturday. I just wanted to thank you for being such a great wife, especially this last year, which has been a bit difficult for me personally. Um, without going into detail, I had to deal with some issues with my folks, which has caused unprecedented stress and anxiety for me. I'm really sorry to hear that, yeah, Jim. Me too. Um, but throughout, Rosie has been a real support, all while working ridiculously hard at both her paid jobs and all the things she does at home, not to mention being the best mum to Dotty or Stuffy, if you ask Lynn Barron. <laughs> Um, she has to deal with her own anxiety as well. And between us, I think we do pretty well picking each other up when the other's down. She's my best friend and I love her more than anything. Anyway, that's enough ramble from me. Please keep up the mediocre work. Love you lots. Jim. Jim, it's so lovely to hear from you. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm sorry that you've, you've uh, had a time of it. Um, anxiety is an awful thing as is stress. Um, but what an incredible thing to have someone like Rosie there with you. So um, there we go. The latest edition of the podcast. Happy anniversary. Let us know what, uh, what if anything. Because, mm. you know, so, some people think we, we we don't need to do gifts here. Well, I was going to say, actually. We're just, but it's, they're invented by the post office. It's, that <laughs> it's a bit weird to give gifts if you really think about it. So use that as an excuse yes. if you haven't yeah. done it. So if you haven't got a gift, say Annabelle says it's a bit bit weird to give <laughs> gifts if you really think about it. There you go. Which you can apply to many different situations. <laughs> oh, many. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, and if you'd like a uh, podication, then email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.